That was special. If, if this has made it into the podcast, then it's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a shocker. to the Fence End Podcast. I'm here with some Oxford fans, the same people as normal, but we will go around and introduce ourselves. We also have the swear jar in the middle, uh, which is a pound for any swearing, but double tax for any C-bombs, which of course includes the current Sheffield United manager. Um, so we'll go around and introduce ourselves. To my left we have... Fraser. And then... Paul. Nancy. Matt. And okay. Kath. Lovely, and that's uh, that's all of us. So, welcome. So, um, looking at uh, recent form, it's been a long time since a, uh, a podcast, and a few people have said that we waited until we won a couple. That isn't true. It was genu- genuinely a clash of diaries. But um, fortunately, we've won the last couple. Um, so we won't go on about the ones over a month ago, that's absolutely insane. Let's talk about the most recent ones. But going into the Coventry game, um, after the form we'd had, one point in four league games, uh, how did everyone feel? We didn't feel that great, but I, mean, I felt it was, it was far too early to be talking relegation. You know, you've got a lot of the season left. According to Twitter, though, no, <laughs> it's a guaranteed relegation battle. You know, um, and you're yeah. you're still close to the playoffs. You know, yeah, it, it's been really close. Yeah. yeah, I'd say I wasn't worried. You know, even when we're one place above the relegation zone, I wasn't worried about relegation because because as, as, as Paul said about the table, like mm. I think if you have a run of results that are either good or bad, you'll either be in the playoffs or in the relegation zone. Even okay. if it's only three or four games, it's that's. It's You've got to, to be aware of it, but not worried, you know. Yeah. It was as a soon as you start worrying, worrying yeah, exactly. then you'll start making mistakes. And, and how, how about the fact that against the teams in the lower half of the, the uh, league, we were losing consistently. And against the teams in the playoffs and in the autos, we've been winning. We're going into two games, or we were going into two games against teams on the sort of on the on the negative side from our point of view. Did we feel that we had it in us to beat them? It depends what side turns up, because we have, although it has tended to be we play better against the better teams and so on. We have been very inconsistent with our performances. And also the results don't necessarily reflect the performances. We've won when we've not played well. And we've definitely lost when we should have won. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd say, I, I mean, I saw, I saw Ginningham last week uh, against Brackley. So I was pretty confident we'd beat them because they were just awful. But, um, yeah, the thing is, you, you never really know. <laughs> you never really know what to expect. I mean, that game, obviously, we, you know, we ended up winning it, but we... You, when it's only one goal in it, we could easily have thrown that away. Well, yeah, and they had a lot of possession, and and they created a few chances. Nothing. Um, I, I think there were only a couple of moments that Eastwood had to to pull one out of the bag, but I I think for all of their possession, they didn't create anything incredible. Having said that, 
I, I can see their manager's points after the game when he says we deserved a point from that. I, I can see why he feels that way. Yeah, they did. They did have chances. I mean, not a huge amount. I think they hit the bar, didn't they? They hit the bar. Yeah, they had a little scramble, didn't they? Good saves. At the end, very end of the first half, they had mm. a little header off the line from Nelson and hit the bar. And mm. um, but other than that, a lot of their chances were Emmanuel Thomas from. 25 yards a lot of the the, the saves that they forced Eastwood into mm. were actually other than I think Cody McDonald had one in the first half where he turned Dunkley really well other than that yeah. they didn't really get behind us very much no and you know for all, for all you can say they might they might feel like they, they deserve something out of it if they had equalised in that game you'd have to say you know we, we chucked it away because we did we had so many chances in mm. that game to kill it off that's the, you know, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what Appleton has said to them after, after the game. But if, if it was me, I'd say, you know, you didn't see that one out as, as well as you could have done. Because no, if, uh, two, if, if you score a second goal early in the second half or midway through the second half, we could have gone on and added more. And I think it would have been, that would have been game over. A second goal would have, would have killed it and we just didn't at and, all. And you're looking four days after we absolutely smashed a game. Um, everything in the media was saying we need to start fast. Seven minutes in, we're 1-0 up. By half time, we're three 0 up, and we win four one, and should have been four 0 but for a really stupid tackle by Dunkley, uh, which he's admitted himself was a bit silly. Um, well, I'm glad he's aware. Yeah, <laughs> that would worry me more. He, he did a great interview where he said, "I've spoken to the gaff." Well, the gaffer's spoken to me about it, <laughs> and he turned it around <laughs> mid-sentence, which I thought was great. Um, so. Sort of big positives from that. Um, Mac has looked great, and he's got through two lots of 90 minutes. Uh, I think in the Gillingham game in particular, the last 20 minutes, I don't know how he was moving, but still, he looks absolutely exhausted, and he goes for it. Um, Johnson's off the mark. That's a, a big plus. But also Robbie Hall. What what a player! Like this is someone who can't make it through 90 minutes, and and will just get fitter from here. Um, and I I thought. He looked incredible. Well, I think the the club have been sort of quietly confident about Hall coming back into it and that he was really going to spark the season but didn't want to massively publicly say it because it's a lot of pressure on somebody who's still pretty young. But um, I think they had really high hopes for him and you can kind of see now in 50, 55-minute cameos what he can bring. He's so direct when he gets the ball. He's really... Mm-hmm sparks us forward in that way that uh, McDonald does at times and did a lot last year really kind of puts us on the front foot and scares fullbacks yeah and, and at the moment without Sirks because he's now injured which will come on to injury shortly but without Sirks obviously Hilton's gone we got Macca who will struggle for the 90 minutes but gives it everything he's got and keeps running we need those players like Robbie Hall who will keep on driving forwards uh, which it's is someone who makes things happen isn't it there have been so many there are so many times when really a game turns on, on one player mm-hmm. making it happen I think I think we're, we're kind of evenly matched with most sides in the league so you're not we're not going to we're not going to batter teams like we did at times last season so if we if we you know if we're going to get results you need one player to turn that on you know, we've got someone like Maguire who can do that but having Robbie Hall, who gives us something completely different, is a big, a big asset. I think. Well, and and Marvin Johnson looking more and more like he will. He's got what 
four or five assists in the last a half a dozen games, uh, and now he's obviously scored. He, uh, I think he's just going to go from straight strength to strength. And Kane Hemmings as well. Um, he's scored a few, um, obviously in the cup, but that seems to have given him the confidence to have a go. Um, or get on the ball and, and make things happen, as you say. I think in Hemmings and Maguire, have we possibly found a bit of a partnership now that they seem to be on the right, the same wavelength at last? Yeah, and they've, they've actually been close together, which is something I think we've massively lacked when we've been playing that one slightly in behind or Maguire floating about like he does. That at times when it's been Thomas or it's been Taylor, he's, they've won a flick on whoever it is and the person who might be running onto it, whether it's one of the wingers or whether it's Maguire, has just been miles away and there's been this huge gap between them. Whereas, as we said, the first goal against Coventry was Maguire trying to bring the ball down and actually his touch going slightly away from him and Hemmings just being right on his toes to pick it up and finish it. Yeah. So that's what we need. We need those connections. And again... Great touch from Hemmings for the for uh, Johnson's goal and getting players in and around him to play off him. Yeah. It uh, uh, seems to really boost him as well because it takes some of the pressure off him. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And it's good to see that the players are, are working solely for the team um, mm. and not just for their own, for their own benefits. And um, once you've released the pressure of having a goal or a couple of goals, that comes naturally players always when they're getting a bit frustrated and things aren't happening they're going to be looking to shoot more often because they they've got the monkey on their back and then mm-hmm. you get rid of that Hemmings calms down a bit because he's in a, he's in the squad now he's it's his position to lose yes um and you can all of a see him bringing other players into the game much more uh, which talking about that with the, the last couple of games um looking at coventry there was a big well, what's actually going to change? Because Johnson's missed it because he's uh, Johnson's missed it because he's having a baby. Congratulations, Marvin, if you're listening. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's not in the team. The only way to slot him in is at left back because Scar's got knocked out. Um, so what happens next in terms of that when Scar's comes back into the team? You, it, it's difficult to know who to drop because everyone's been playing really well in that half of the pitch. I do wonder if ultimately he'll replace McDonald on that wing. Possibly. I, I mean, the thing is with McDonald, Hall, and Johnson, whoever's on the bench can come on and change the game. So that's a massive plus. Um, but I don't think McDonald. Um, as much as he gives and as, as much as I think he's great, I don't think he's meant to play two lots of 90 minutes this week. Mm. I think he had to because there were two big injuries on Saturday and um, Dunkley went off injured on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, by the end of the game, I think he looked pretty exhausted. Yeah, well, I think mean, that's, that's why you need to have, you know, having three players like that in that position is... Is is good because it's 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 a tough position to play out, out wide. You've got to you've got to cover you know the whole of that channel. It's a lot of running. So you, you know if you're playing if you're playing twice in a few days, it's, that's got to be knackering. But yeah, if we're asking wingers really to pelt forward, they are going to be knackered by 60, 65 minutes. So to have another one that you could say could be agreed to not be in the eleven is just really stepping your 
stepping the squad up. And we've gone from playing Rothwell and Circum on the wings because we haven't on Maguire, who's better in behind on the wing, to suddenly having three first team wingers. What mm-hmm. do you do with them all? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, and, and talking about sort of Cirks being out, uh, a few injuries have cropped up recently. Wes is out for the season. Cirks, uh, is it two to three months, they now think? I, I might be alone in thinking this. I don't think he's been anywhere near the player we had last season. I know he's playing better opposition. I know he's been told not to get forward as much. But I, I just haven't seen it from him. No, um, I, I think he's great. I love his passion, and he does keep on going until the end, which is brilliant. Um, but when Rothwell has played, when Ledson has played, and Lundstrom the last couple of games, um, I, I think that that's where we've seen players on form. And and Circum, he scored three because he's been in the right position. That's brilliant to be there, but he's not. He's not done anything special for more than a yard out. He's but definitely fourth choice at the moment in that centre midfield pairing, isn't he? Especially since mm. we're asking them to to both really sit a bit more and either be yeah. a defensive... One of them a defensive playmaker and the other one a defensive Well, something that happened so. against Coventry was um, Dunkley went forwards. He did it last night as well, but it was really noticeable to me at Coventry. Dunkley went forwards, and straight away Ledson was back. Yeah, Lundstrom does that a lot as well. Nelson um, stepped in front of one of his players last night and picked the ball up, and he's got 40 yards in front of him, so he drove into it, and immediately Lundstrom's first thought is, I'll play set a half for five minutes until yeah. he's back. And, 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 then the... and that's hugely important, that there is that fluidity amongst a team like we have, where you are asking... You know, it's one of the reasons we we bought Nelson was that he's a ball-playing defender. Mm-hmm. We want him to step yeah, forward definitely. if he's confident to. And and the goal against Gillingham, Hall steps inside, so Johnson pushes up, so a centre mid goes back into left back, and they just it it seems to be so fluid. And when it works, which we saw a lot last season, and we're starting to see this season. It really works, and it, it's great mm-hmm. to see. Well, having Johnson at, at left back, in terms of a, certainly from an attacking perspective, was a bit of a not a well, you don't want to say a masterstroke, but it's, it made it made it was quite a good foil because you don't necessarily expect a fullback to be, you know, on the edge of the six-yard box. No, um, and I think he just gave him that little bit of extra space. They could do a little, you know, when you went when he went forward, you, you know, you knew you had two, you had two attacking players. Yeah. yeah, we kind of overloaded them on that side a little bit. Yeah, right? I definitely think that was a decision based on scouting from because we had the option of playing Ruffles, who is a much you know exactly what you get from him. He's sturdy. He will do a job, but he's not. He's going to be a much more of a direct replacement for Scars and not get forward. Or we could take the risk and play who. Yes, he's played at fullback a bit, but he's he's a left winger and an attacking one at that. But you take a bit of a risk, play him and. I'd be very yeah. surprised if he played in the same position against Scunthorpe. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Kath, oh. you love formations. I do. Um, is there anything you want to say about how we're currently playing? Um, I think people talking on Twitter we, largely. Yeah, I have mentioned that. I've seen people sort of stating how... Uh, Appleton's finally figured out that four four two is the way to go, which I think is a slightly bizarre way of looking at how we're playing because 
there's it's just not I don't understand how people are seeing that Maguire is not playing as a you know old-fashioned center forward he's he plays wherever he feels like across that front three and everybody else sort of moves around him but um like we were saying earlier with having the the two central midfielders are so much more defensive um than we've seen before certainly in the last two games uh Ledsome is such a I love him as a player he's such a scrappy he looks like because he's quite young and he's very sort of angelic looking he looks like he'll be a creative midfielder just the way he holds himself and then he goes and puts a crunching tackle in on somebody and wanders away with the ball um Lunny's certainly looked I think he's great in that position where actually he is more a uh, defensive playmaker where he picks up he likes to pick the ball up off the center halves and not really go too far inside the opposition's half, but just spray those balls about and let that front, whatever they are for, do whatever they want to do. And those guys move about much more and much more fluid and the back six sit a bit more rigid. Although, as we said, there is some movement there, but generally most of them are rigid and then you let the other four be fluid and that seems to be working really well for us. We've been absolutely crying out for players to fill that, that role because I mean a few weeks ago we were conceding so many goals from like the edge of the area when when the when the ball was kind of breaking in that in that kind of gap between the the back line and the and the midfield there would always be such a hole and the number of times we see in plays it happened against Millwall happened against Coventry away where where they were allowed to pick up the ball in an area where you thought there's not that much danger there they're a good 30 yards 25 yards out but then they're allowed to carry it pick their spot and we're conceding, you know, hitting the top corner, and we're, we're, we're giving them so much time to to um, to kind of settle themselves and, yeah. and and pick out that spot. That it was just costing us so many goals. And so. actually, I watched last night how um, Ledsom and Lundstrom work as a pair together, where one pushes to one side and the other sits, and then as the ball's played across, the way they they swap positions and the other one tucks in so that if they get done, there's another player immediately and they're tacking round. Mm-hmm. Um, and that pair is looking really nice. It, it's a sh- harsh on Rothwell, because I think he's been great this year. But I think he's much more in a Lundstrom mould as a player. He's much more creative. Well, they literally speak the same language, don't they? <laughs> Scouse. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah, I think um, Rothwell is much more of a future potential replacement for Lundstrom than he is to play alongside him because mm-hmm. Ledson really gives us that bite and well, think, does play right on the line. You do think he's a, a candidate that could at times pick up you know, a lot of yellow cards and potentially um, red cards, more based on double bookings than um, He thought he was going to get sent off, didn't he? Yeah, he did yeah. have a little, a little uh, late one after he was yeah, already on a booking. I think it was but... a clash, but it was a, it was a careless one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and again, he's a young player. He's going to get that. Certainly, he's he's going to make rash challenges. But um, having a player like that, who is another one that Maps managed to pick up, that was at a Premier League club and has come through that level of training, and mm-hmm. then gone. You know what? I really want to play proper football now. Yeah, so. and and what he's done with. Roof and and just the improvement in Lundstrom and and certain players, um, I I think that can only help. It can only make people go right. I want to get some first team football, and an agent's going to go. Well, these yeah. guys have, have we'll done go this play at this players. level for a bit because you know what? If you do well there, they're not going to stop you moving on as long as you've contributed to whatever they're doing. 
they'll they'll allow you if you're going to go up levels then go for it mm-hmm. and, and i think talking about the leds and lundstrom partnership it was across the field but largely in in midfield particularly against coventry and partly against Gillingham. we were winning most of the first headers and if we didn't win that we did get the second ball if you watch the highlights back particularly the coventry game as i said everything that was up in the air oxford ended up with the ball and and that makes winning a lot easier obviously i think after she said that in his, his interview after the gillingham game that they really stressed you know you're not going to win every single um header but you've got to make sure you win the second ball if yeah. that happens like i think that's obviously something they've really worked on because again there were certain, there were times in that in in that awful run where we, we, we were being so easily undone i mean think about the afc Wimbledon, so easily undone by kind of aerial mm. balls and it, it was just kind of we weren't really competing with sides that did that you know the ball, the ball would be lumped up in the air we wouldn't win the header they'd win a knockdown and all of a sudden they're, they're in a great position you know right in your area or, or you know, in, a, in an advanced position yeah the second ball is so important to win in football and it's often one that is a lot about awareness as much as wanting that intensity of knowing what's going on around you and i just think the last two games we've looked like a different side in terms of you know knowing what everybody's doing and where everybody is and whether it's your job to go and win the ball or be ready for the the knockdown as you say um, we're we're Positive. missing the the best part of the last two games. In fact, the best part of the season, possibly Caesar. <laughs> if, uh, if people yeah. are at the you want uh, somebody to put game. pressure on, yeah. really bring that intensity. Chasing down the ball at all all occasions. Yeah, um, put a, put a bit of bite in the side. Uh, oh, sorry, well, Rosie was putting them out last night, saying that he's signed for barking and stuff, but he didn't say he didn't say at any point. Oh, he should uh, play for insert club here because they can't hold on to a lead. He did. He just ignored that one, and that's age old, isn't it? Fortunately, you're here to uh, yeah, yeah, to pick up the slack. Attention. This is like the next thirty minutes of the podcast, just Liam reeling through. Oh, yeah. Liam. <laughs> uh, P A W was the yeah yeah. So, um, it's been uh, a few a few weeks since the last podcast. Let's find out what grinds back gears. First of all, Liam, mm. would you like to perform live the jingle? What grinds back gears? Just, my, just me holding my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, it would have been a lot easier if we hadn't been doing this after two, two good wins. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I know I've, I've touched on it before, but that trophy competition, I don't think I can say enough about how <laughs> god-awful it is and the, the rules in particular. So twice now we've seen, we've drawn two games out of those. We're actually unbeaten. We've lost two penalty shootouts. What were they thinking when they decided, actually, you know what we don't want to, we don't, we, we could do without is draws. There we have so many situations. I don't. <laughs> I I'm at the point where I'm like actually speechless. You can't pick up how perplexed Matt's face is. <laughs> it's not that he's silent. He's just trying to pick the next word. It's the, the trouble is trying to decide which thing to start on next because there's so much that's wrong with it. It's I cannot begin to to even describe. I mean, we had the the stupid situation where we, you know a draw. We had qualified for the next round. God help us, qualified for the next round of this. 
competition. Southampton. And Chelsea were out. Yeah, and Chelsea are out. And yet, penalty shootout. Because who doesn't love a penalty shootout, apparently? I think my favourite thing as well was they clearly didn't announce it in the ground because most people left. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing that there was going to be the longest penalty shootout in history. Literally missed half the game. Yeah. But what did anyone gain from from that? It's not even like you know. We learned Thomas can't take penalties. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. All oh, he it doesn't do matter much. anyway. <laughs> he he won't take another penalty this season. That's true. Harsh. <laughs> wow. wow. Can't believe that. Sorry, Wayne. Yeah. Harsh but fair. Lock, stock, and locks and barrels and stocks. <laughs> Can we just have the rest of the podcast be Fraser doing his? Phone in. Yeah, um, I thought we should cut this. Is that people going to get offended? No, 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 it's fine. Most people who listen to this also hate the phone in. Oh, okay. So, uh, I think you should have a mic especially for Fraser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Fraser's been working <sighs> on you know, the, <laughs> the average phone in uh, caller on Radio Oxford. This, by the way, then you're one of them. You're one of them, so yeah. Screw stop. Him. I don't it. want you as a listener. Don't listen again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Fraser. Um, uh, right, so so go for it, Fraser. You were at, uh, were, were you at the game today? Yeah. Ah. Uh? Were you at the game today? Yeah, I was. I was Jerome. Um, a few issues that I've I've got with this side and um, with Mickey Appleton in particular. My problem with him is we ain't got a twenty goal season, man. Right now, this has been my issue for a long time, Jerome. Uh, this is the thing is. We don't score enough goals. We need a twenty goal season, man. And until we get one, because we currently we ain't we ain't not got any we ain't got one. And when we do get one, because we ain't got one at the moment, we can score some goals and we don't score goals in the current time. That's my issue, yeah? But, but so, well, goals are coming from around the pitch, because you've got Chris Maguire scored plenty, you've got a few from midfield. Uh, well, I, I want to know why Wes Thomas ain't getting on the pitch, to be honest. To be perfectly, perfectly honest, that's, what I, that's my issue with this whole setup. It's ridiculous. Well, he's injured at the moment. You know, let's get the manager back that we had last season, for me. That's who we need to get. Uh, Where okay, is he? Well, thanks, thanks for your call, Fraser. Well, and, I will. Uh, Th- th- thanks very much. All right, mate. Uh, so thank you, Fraser. That was brilliant. Um, yeah, that was that was great. Do not cut that out. Please don't cut that out. <laughs> um, any updates on the stadium that we know of? Heard anything? I, I think the thing that that a lot of people need to remember, and and it took me a few weeks to, to work this out because I'm a bit of an idiot um, is that if you buy a house it takes months and months and months to go through if you're buying a multi-million pound stadium with several different investors it's going to take a while so I think we have to be patient on that I don't think it's dead in the water at all um, yeah and it's it's been a long time coming we, we can be patient on this and it will be worth it I think we can all agree on that yeah I think it's difficult because it's it's the you know the trusts are involved in the buying that people want to and feel they have a right to know what's going on but at the same time they're just certain things that until everything is sorted there's no way that they well, can talk about it yeah and you don't want to you don't want to talk about things before they're sort of in ink do you when they're penciled in if you say oh this is going to happen and then it doesn't come to light yeah. people then are just going to get annoyed you've just got president elect to the USA so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah satire <laughs> we're getting we topical not? now yeah. yeah that'll be out of date soon we're not allowed politics and football don't mix Cass sorry we learned no. nothing from the last <laughs> few weeks <laughs> uh, um 
Right, so uh, we've started beating the teams in the lower half of the table. How do we feel we're going to do against the team currently sitting in top place? We could, we could beat them comfortably. Probably depending on, yeah. depending on whether we turn up, you know, and we close them down how we have been doing and go in with that bite and that belief that we can do it. Well, they could got, come across as arrogant. We've got enough young players to not think these are top of the league. Let's give them mm. loads of respect. They'll just close them down and and say what they or and play the way that they, they want to. I think the last game, the last podcast, Paul said we were going to beat Bradford City. So I've got a lot of faith in. Uh, is, is that, that how long ago our last podcast? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, before the Coventry game, when we last <laughs> did this last Thursday, uh, Paul said we were going to win, and we did. He also said we were going to buy a central midfielder, and we bought Ledson. He's a centre midfielder. Yeah, I know. Oh, is that your point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm saying, I'm saying he is good at predicting these yeah. things. No, so, I wasn't being. Tired. I was actually genuinely saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. We're in agreement. Oh. Very exciting so, times uh, on the Friends End podcast. I'm going to hand the mic back to Kath now. Yeah. <laughs> You've had your time. Why are you recording, Fraser, and don't speak on it? So, yeah, we've got Scunthorpe, then we've got Macclesfield. Um, we're back on the TV. The thing with the, the Scunthorpe game is, I think, having won the two on the bounce, we've kind of now allowed ourselves slightly a free game that they are top of the league. Yes, you want to get something from it. Everybody wants three points. But we've allowed ourselves to go there now without pressure on we really need three points from top of the table. And you're saying we're allowed to lose this one? No, I'm saying we're allowed to to get a decent away point. (laughs) We've got to keep the same intensity. Yeah. If we go in... I think they've said that they will. You know, we've got to close them down. We've got to keep it playing fast when we have the ball. If we go into this game off the back of only having what picked up one or two points off the last couple of games, then you're really looking at this as, you know, we need three points, whereas we don't have that pressure now. And actually, hopefully the players can go out and say, you know what, they're top of the league by six points, I think it is now. Mm-hmm. Let's pit ourselves against this team and show that, that that was a blip, that this isn't the blip, the six points in the last two games. This is what we should be doing. Yeah, it's an opportunity, isn't it? Because... Um... Well, it's a win-win game. Exactly, exactly. Well, no, we can lose it or we can draw it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Are you cutting that out? (laughs) (laughs) This is just not the kind of attitude we need. I thought I was supposed to be the negative one in this game. I I like the thought that we cut things out. (laughs) At some point we go, no, we're we're more highbrow than this. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. It's just going to keep going lower and lower and lower. (laughs) It's a a good opportunity to stay above the mighty cobblers. We've already talked about Trump. Sorry, uh, yeah, uh, I I did reference what you said there. I I do like the fact that so many people early on in the season, Cass said to me after the Gillingham game, um, so many people absolutely having a paddy because Northampton have been so brilliant and we're struggling. And it, it just shows it's so early in the season. You can't take that you can't take that seriously. It's obviously helpful to get off to a good start, but it's not the be-all and end-all, and here we are now above them. And at some point, they may overtake us again. At some point, we may overtake them again. It, it, it only matters at the end of the season, really. Well, the division is so tight. I think you've got one or two sides, perhaps, who are a little bit adrift at the bottom, and one or two who are really consistent at the moment at the top. 
but most most teams seem to have a good run of a few games and then have a bad run of a few games. Everyone has been so up and down. Look at AFC Wimbledon right now are in the playoffs. They were they were bottom four what a month ago, two two months ago. You know, Sheffield United were bottom of the table when we went there, and they're second now. And Berry were were second after the last sort of five or six weeks. They look like they're doomed to relegation. Well, we talk about having one point in 12, obviously referring points in over four games. Before yesterday's game, which they lost, but before that, they'd got one point in 12 games. Mm. They'd lost seven, drawn one, lost four, and now they've lost a fifth. Um, so, yeah, things can turn around. Look at Barnsley last year. Oh, he's doing that one again. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but it's true, it, it does all, all turn around. Um, after that, we've got um, a, another cup game. We're back on the TV, um, on BBC this time, very highbrow. Um, but that might be sold off to Channel 4. Is that sort of still topical, the Bake Off thing? Probably not. Oh. <laughs> Is that a Bake Off? Yeah. <laughs> That's all that was. Yeah. Um, we get seventy-two grand for that game, though, just for being on. Not TV. if it moves to Channel Four. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood will, because they'll be presenting it. But um, um, yeah, yeah, which makes being on TV suddenly well, yeah. a bit more like, oh, is it on a Friday? That's a bit annoying. Oh, we get seventy-two grand rather than when a league games move. That's mm-hmm. infuriating because we now don't get any more money because there's that. It's an even split, pot, isn't it? Isn't well, as Liam said, um, it. Pays off the Nelson, yeah, the thing. Nelson Tribunal thing. Um, or you could it, say it that nice quite... bonus has been wiped out thanks to that stupid tribunal. <laughs> that would have been a good one for my rant, actually. But we can move on. Sh- Shall we record a stock load? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I I do think Nelson is going to be worth two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, I know it was a bit of a stickler because people thought he was going to be one hundred and fifty, and then mm. to have a a two hundred and fifty plus add-ons. But I think, and a percentage on Salon. I think yes, and a percentage. But when I watch him play, I forget quite how young he is. He plays like a much older, like a twenty-eight-year-old who, when he strides out, and he looks so confident. You know, you think next to Dunkley, you've got a really young centre-half partnership, and yet the two of them are both growing so much in those positions. So I, I do think he's going to say really something grow. though. There was an article written by the Plymouth Press which basically said it it mocked our club thinking that they were going to get a bargain and so on and went on to include players like Callum and Roof and how that's obscene money and I don't see how they can make the case for both of them because what's the point of a contract if you don't add that to the value. The fact is, contractually, they were our players. We had them for, you know, over, what's it, Roof had another two years, was it? And Callum, mm. another year? Yeah. 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 So, and so, the prices are always going to be higher for somebody you have control over their future. Well, I don't um, think there's ever been a case where a player who's been out of contract has moved into League One for that sort of fee. Like I, it's it's that's got to be unprecedented. I don't know. I don't know what the what previous tribunals have ruled on League Two players, but I don't think anyone who's ever been out of contract has moved just up just one division, and 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 been sort of valued at quarter of a million pounds. No, that. but no no former League Two player had ever been sold for up to three million. True. So 
we're, we're an exceptional club. But the point is, it's not. <laughs> that's, we, we, Paul's whole point is that it doesn't, it's not relevant. You like, can't yeah. compare to players that are in contract. That's a market I mean, situation. I think not. apples and oranges. I think you can say that so they're they, worth more because there is more money in the game now, yeah, thanks to the obscene TV money that the Premier League have got. All the fees have gone up, and you know it does run down. So. You can't really compare to previous seasons because prices are always going up. But I Coming thought that, that was a really so. silly article. Don't so know that, that 250 grand now worth about three quarters of a million. We're then playing um, Macclesfield. We're on TV for that. Um, and in in sort of reference to that competition, um, who'd have thought that the ex-Oxford United players at non-league East Lee would beat a League One side? I sure would think that. So... Yeah, that's, that's, that's staying No, oh, oh, fair enough. Um, so then we're playing Oldham and Berry. Hopefully we can keep up the uh, the Berry form in particular. But uh, sorry, that sounded like I was laughing at their form. I was laughing at the ridiculous statements I've been making. Um, <laughs> but also Oldham, how are they doing? Um, they weren't doing too well earlier on well, in the season. They've just been putting a transfer embargo, haven't they? I know that doesn't affect them at the moment. No, but. Um, yeah, They're but in theory, then things aren't going well off the pitch. No, but there's a few clubs that aren't going great. So if we can go through in that pitch. in that cup, we obviously go into the third round, the FA Cup. That'd be very good. Hopefully, we get um, Swansea again. Would be great, but <laughs> um, sort of someone like that would, would be a great game. Away. If we played like Ooh. Liverpool or Everton or whatever, would we have more scousers than them? <laughs> possibly um, but in in, the, in terms of those three league games um, it's easy to you think you a points prediction aren't you Just yeah it. it's easy to think that Oldham and Berry are going to be six points but you just never know um, I reckon we'll get seven points from those three games you don't need to ask Matt he'll say four yeah <laughs> I would point out whenever we play Berry, it's always an absolutely dreadful game every time Dire games. That's my input. Wasn't that's, uh, uh, that's my prediction. Last time we played them, didn't we beat them at their ground? And that's true. Um, that was, yeah, that was all right. That Riley pushed the referee. Yeah, I think that was the last time we played them. Actually, that was when the, when things started turning around. I think that was the first kind of really decent result we had. So so we did this the end of last season, didn't we? Just go around and say how many points from those three the games. Three, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say seven. Fraser, what do you reckon? Oh, well, you went nine as well, didn't you? I can remember it well. You were right, yeah. Paul? I'm going to say seven as well. Liam? Two? I'm, I'm going to go uh, nine because I haven't been paying attention. Then that's copy phrase We're playing top in the league and then two teams that are struggling. Oh, nine. <laughs> it's still not listening. <laughs> well, I should go with Paul since he seems to be right about all his predictions, but... I'd let everyone down if I didn't say four. Okay, lovely. And Kath? Six. Six. Who are we losing against? I'll tell you next week. <laughs> when, we, when we do the next podcast. Yeah. Tim Walker, our, our number one fan. Our one Big fan. Big shout out to Tim. Um, I know that more people listen because we get tweets. Well... Yeah, our, our tweet minder gets tweets. Yeah, in the tens. <laughs> <laughs> Literally units of people <laughs> tweeting in. Um, 
Right, that's about all we have time for. Thanks very much for listening, and thanks to all of you for, for talking for the last however long. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, we Hopefully we'll be back with a Christmas special. We're not sure whether that'll be just before or just after Christmas, but um, it'll essentially be us talking the same dribble we normally speak, but with Christmas music in the background, I reckon. And we'll be in the playoffs, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks very much for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.